Well, this morning I'd like to share with you an introduction to uh, the first series that we're going to do this year, dealing with moving ahead. Uh, it's been quite a few years these past two years, and uh, we've gone through quite a bit. And it's not over yet. Uh, nothing has changed. The ball dropped and the world is still the same. I think the ball dropped. I don't know if they closed it down this year. I'm, I've seen, I told someone, I've seen enough balls drop in Times Square. I don't need to see them anymore. But um, what is God saying to us for 2022? And I believe uh, very clearly, in, at least in my heart, my spirit, God is saying it's time to move forward. Amen? Uh, it, it's been a difficult year. In fact, it's um, been a difficult couple of years. But all throughout time, life has been difficult. And difficulty, for the most part, will always be here. And we have to ask ourselves, are we going to be the church or are we not going to be the church? And so these next few weeks, we're going to spend time in the book of Philippians. Because Paul, who at this time was in prison, whose freedom was restricted, his ability to go and to start churches and to visit with churches and to pray with people was severely limited, except for those people who would come and visit him. It's under house arrest at, that, at this time. It was his first imprisonment. Encouragement to this church was, it's time to move forward. That's what God is saying to us, I believe, today. At least God's saying it to me. And I want to share that with you. Our text is from the book of Philippians, our, our, um, our series text. And we'll be looking at this, of course. Chapter 3, beginning with, with verse 12. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upcall of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude and if in anything you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living that by, by that same standard to which we have attained. Let's bow our hearts together. Let's ask God's blessing to be with us this morning as we search out God's word together. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and grace. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And thank you for your great and abundant calling upon us, the church. As we look forward to 2022, God, we need to hear from you, Lord, for these are, Lord, difficult times. They're not too difficult for you, Lord. You have overcome the world, but they're difficult for us in our flesh. Speak to us, encourage us, guide us, and lead us. We ask this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen. and amen. If I was to use a phrase to describe the state of the world here at the beginning of 2022, and it's hard to believe where last year went by so quickly, I would say we are undergoing a time of shaking. And we've had been for two years. It seemed right after 2000, almost as soon as 2020 started, began, God 
and I'm going to attribute this to God, and I think I can, and I will share scriptures why, God began to shake the world. Not just the church, not just the United States, but the entire world. In fact, when I think of the shaking that the world has been undergoing at this time, the words come to mind deep and wide. You remember that song? Those of you who grew up in church, deep and wide. Well, this shaking has been deep and wide. And what I mean by deep, we've had a, an institutional shaking where every institution of man, whether it's government or uh, economy or healthcare or whatever other institution, has been shaken. It hasn't been destroyed. It's still going on. It has been shaken. But it's also been a wide shaking. And what I mean by a wide shaking, it's been global. There has not been one country, maybe even Antarctica. I think they had an outbreak of COVID in Antarctica, believe it or not. And they just have research people there. But uh, it it actually was able, its tentacles was was actually able to reach uh, that frozen barren land. Every, Every country has been touched by the the shaking that's going on, and not just one issue, but, but the many issues that are going on. Of course, the, the chief issue, the one that's on everyone's mind, and the one that's on the news, the one that we're reminded every time we step out the door because we see masks and signs and things of that nature, is COVID. But we're also continuing to see social unrest. We, now, this didn't start... At, In a way it did, although it was staved off by some government intervention, but we are are seeing um, a shaking in our economy. Now I'm not speaking uh, prophetically this morning, I'm just sharing my opinion, but I believe the economy is going to get worse, and I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't get a lot worse before it gets better. We don't have to worry because God will provide for us, Amen? amen? Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. But the economy is is suffering and is going to suffer. And the big elephant in the room that no one talks about is the crushing debt that our country is under. And may I say this? It is immoral for, in my opinion... It is immoral for our country to just continue to borrow and borrow and borrow in order to make our lives more pleasant. And the reason I say that is someday the bill is going to come due. And you and I are not going to have to pay that bill, but our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren are going to have to pay for our excesses and our unwillingness to live within a budget. Shame on us, amen? Shame on We want everything now, and we could care less about the future generations that are coming up. They will suffer greatly because of what's going on today. But Forgive me for digressing, but that's just been on my heart. Um, and of course, there, there is political strife and great division. And, uh, and there's it, always been political division in, in our country. There's always been multiple parties, uh, and basically a two-party system, even though it's a couple of fringe parties. But it's to the point now where family members, if they have different political beliefs, 
will not speak to one another. Church people, if they have different political beliefs, will not speak to one another. This should not be the case. We should be able to disagree without hatred. Uh, that's not the way of Christ. And, uh, and then right along with that, all of us to varying, various degrees have experienced great personal trials and situations within our lives. I don't think anyone has been untouched by something in your life, great or small, that has caused you pain and distress. And some of these things are just part of life. But as I mentioned before, I believe it is God's shaking. And there's a reason for shaking. And the, and the shaking, of course, brings upheaval. It brings destruction. Shaking brings a sifting. Shaking, strength, uh, shaking excuse me, can lead to a strengthening of our institutions, including the church. Shaking can re- lead to rebuilding. Not all... Shaking is not all bad. It's not meant to destroy, but it's meant to to strengthen and begin anew. And as I, I mentioned earlier, we are now beginning the third year of shaking with no end in sight. I have no confidence. In fact, I, I think our, our leaders have lost confidence. Remember last summer? We got the word, if everyone gets vaccinated, COVID will be something we can look at in our rearview mirror. Didn't happen. In fact, it's more contagious now, although, thank God, the Omicron variant isn't as deadly, at least statistics show it's not as deadly as as, uh, previous variants. With no end in sight, and, uh, and, and, and as I mentioned, and, and, and what this does is expose that which is what God is doing in this shaking. And as I mentioned before, it won't be done until God is done. I don't care how bad we want it. I don't care how hard we pray. God is going to continue to shake the world until the world is ready for it to stop until God is ready for the world is ready to stop it because the world has come to a place where it can stop. What shaking does is expose that which is rotten, and I think the image I get in the sh- of shaking is the image of an old house that goes through an earthquake, and when an earthquake comes, it tests that house. It exposes maybe areas of the house where rot has come in and it's no longer as strong as it once was. It exposes areas of weakness. You know, you know there, there, there are areas of your home that are stronger than others. So, so, some homes have design flaws in them. How many remember the uh, concrete issue in Connecticut where uh, I, I remember this back in... Uh, 89, when I was doing service work out in Waterbury, uh, someone's home, they said their, their foundation is slowly decaying. And I went down to their basement and there was powder everywhere, concrete powder. Shaking exposes poor design. 
But shaking also, as we'll talk about later, also shows what is good and strong and can be built upon. There is a blessing in shaking. Now, let me say this regarding the shaking we're, we're going through, as far as putting it into perspective. On one hand, it's not as bad as it could be. But on the other hand, it's worse. What I mean by that is this. COVID is bad, but it's not the Spanish flu. In fact, the most deadly virus, and I don't, I don't think any of us were alive during the Spanish flu, maybe Jim. But <laughs> <laughs> How was it back then, Jim? But the most deadly virus in our lifetime wasn't COVID, it was AIDS. And uh, I don't think COVID yet has come anywhere near the, the toll of life that AIDS has taken on our society. Our economy is difficult and probably get worse, but we're not in the days of the Great Depression where people are lined up the streets living in shacks and tarps. Long lines of, of, of soup bread lines of people who want to work, willing to work, professionals, looking for something just to get them through the day. It's tumultuous, but not as tumultuous as I imagine, as, as I've seen and read World War II or World War I. You know, the 20th century was not a picnic by any means. There's a lot of hardship and difficulty. So, in a way, we're not having it as bad as our country and the world has had it before. But on the other hand, it's worse in that we're having all these things converge together at the same time. Which leads us to the question, why does God shake people, shake nations, shake the church? And I think the first answer to that, or the essential answer to that, is to get mankind's attention. We are definitely living, I can't believe the lack in, in our civil leadership and our social leadership. The lack of humility and the lack of desire to seek God despite the fact that we are facing situations that are way above our ability. Far above our ability to deal with. Listen to the words of God to the people of Judah in the book of Haggai chapter 2 verses 6 and 7. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more in a little while I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and also the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and they will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Now, of course, this has some end time ramifications to this, and and there is a great shaking that is yet to come, and this definitely not is not it, and is nowhere near the magnitude of what that shaking will be. But we do see in this re we do see in this scripture the reason why God sends a shaking to the nations. It's because the nations have ignored Him. The nations have refused to seek Him. The nations no longer care about Him. And they're not seeking him out. And so God, because 
God is here. We need God. And we not only need God to eat and to have shelter and to have clothing and to have, you know, have all the things that we have in life. All this is a gift from God. The government didn't give it to you. And to quote President Obama, you didn't do that. And the government didn't do that either. Not to quote President Obama. God gave you everything you have. And God gave everything every nation has. And God gave every leader uh, both the place and the power to to lead and to do uh, what what God had ordained them to do. What has the world done in response to everything that's going on? has sought out everything but God, has sought out political leaders, has sought out money, has sought out science. In fact, the God of science, and science is upheld as a God, especially in our culture. That God has been brought down and smashed into little pieces these past two years. God is trying to get the attention of governments, of all the institutions, of the church, but also, most importantly, individual people. People are not seeking God. They're not thinking about God. Now, I know this, and not not through direct revelation, but you can see it in the fear and the actions of people out in society today. They're afraid to go out of their door. So God shakes in order to get creation's attention, but God also shakes to rebuild and make something new. Some, people, some of you might have, prop, I don't know, I don't think there are any farmers here. <laughs> Correction one, out of state. And, you know, in order to have a farm, you have to have several different buildings. You know, a shed, obviously, but a barn. And barns and sheds don't usually get the care that, that your house might get. And so they, they'll fall into disrepair. And, you know, when they do, a board gets rotted or blows off or something. You hammer another one on and you keep doing that. But it gets to a point where you can only hammer so much and you just got to tear the whole thing down and build something new. God shakes because when things are rotten to the core and are no longer honoring God and no longer fulfilling God's purpose of reaching and blessing people, it's time for them to be torn down so that something new can be built up again. Listen to the words of of God to Jeremiah. And this was God's commissioning of Jeremiah Uh, to his prophetic ministry where Jeremiah wasn't going to bring a shaking but he was going to announce and warn the people of Judah of the shaking that was to come. Verse 9, The Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth and the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up to break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build, and to plant. 
You see, God wasn't, you know, a lot of people have this impression of the Old Testament God is just mean, and, and as soon as he see, sees someone step out of line, he just pours down fire, you know, kind of the Sodom and Gomorrah type of thing, which was necessary uh, for that city because it was just completely corrupt. But that wasn't God's intent for Judah. God's intent for Judah was to shake it, was to throw it down, was to destroy it, not to eliminate it from the face of the earth, but to build it up again, new and better, more committed and more consecrated to the Lord, their God. And this has happened throughout time. Later on in the book of Jeremiah, we have the image of the potter's house where the potter makes the vessel and it's imperfect, so he has to start all over again. And globally, way back in Noah's day, the world was so corrupt that God had to wipe the face of the earth completely free of humanity so that he might start with one family that wasn't perfect but found grace in the eyes of God because of their faith. And God, I believe, is doing that again. He is tearing down everything that we have trust in and all the institutions that are trying in their own strength to, to do the work of life and society outside of God so that he can build something brand new stronger and better and more, and more godly. But thirdly, God shakes, and this is unique to the church, so that his church would be strengthened and purified. We say we want to be more like Jesus. In fact, I was going to ask how many want to be more like Jesus. But we say we want to be more like Jesus. Well, if we want to be more like Jesus, you know what that means, don't you? So we're going to go through times of shaking. Where everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but that which remains will be stronger. And God will have a better base in your life to build something wonderful, beautiful, and God-honoring. Take hope in this, my friend, because God has great purposes for his church until he returns. The church is not going away. And I quote this verse often because it's so powerful. The latter part of Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell or the gates of Hades will not overpower it. And what the and the church has gone through a lot. In fact, some churches have closed their doors. I just read where two big churches uh, were once big and now are smaller, are combining so that they can keep going. It's been a difficult time. But God is strengthening and refining his church so that we can fulfill our, his purpose in our lives. Which may I say, it's not for me. I've heard this, I can't remember where I've heard it. It's been quoted so many times. Basically twofold. To know Christ and to make Christ known. Amen? That's the call of the church, to know him and to make him known. And God is bringing us back to that. Amen? All this other funny business is going to go by the wayside. And is going by the wayside. And we need to get back, and I think we're getting back, to the essentials of gospel ministry.
So what has, been, what has God been doing uh, in the church through all of this in these past two years? And just from my perspective, I believe three, three things we've kind of gone through in this season of shaking. Number one, it was a shock. I can remember the Sunday night before we canceled. We had a prayer meeting. I think it was a Sunday night. And prayer meeting. And I'm like, well, we're, we're going to have service Sunday. <laughs> we're not shutting down. <laughs> oh, how God sometimes makes us eat our words. Amen. And then the next thing you know, the whole state was shut down. And people didn't, people didn't know what to believe, what to expect. The hysteria that was about COVID was it laid on every surface and uh, that, uh, you know, you, you could get it just by looking at someone basically who had COVID, you know, and it lasted on surfaces for, for, for days, if not weeks. And if, you know, if you were uh, 15, 14 feet away, you could, you know, all this stuff on there and you just didn't know what to do. And it was shocking, you know, what do we do? We've never experienced something like this. We shouldn't have been that way because God is still God and nothing really changed from his perspective. But So we went from a shock very quickly into a scramble. Okay, now what are we going to do? We can't stop having services. And so we scrambled around and started the online thing and, and whatnot and did that for a couple months before we, or six weeks maybe, before we came back together. So there, there was that, and, and I think there was good things in that where we learned to trust God. And I even think in some of those days that we had a lot, some of those virtual services, it was a real close time where we really shared together. Um, it was for a season, and, and that season needed to come to an end, but I, I do think some good came out of that. But the shake, and I think, but the chief thing I think that the church has experienced, and I'm not saying our church, the church in general, is an exposure. Because there's a time God needs to shake us up. Not that he can see what's in us, because God already knows what's in us. So that we can see where we are at ourselves. I think there's three things, basically, that are exposed when we go through shaking as a church. Number one, our weaknesses. We find out, actually how strong we are when we go through a shaking. And let me tell you, a lot of people crumbled. I'm not here to judge anyone, but there have been a number of pastors, including some in our own fellowship, who resigned after resigned their church and resigned ministry. They're no longer in, in ministry. They said, you know, this is not something we signed up for. And uh, I'm not judging them, and, and uh, I didn't speak with them personally. But it makes me question, you know, how, what was the extent of your call where a life-changing circumstance all of a sudden was the, was the thing to, the disqualifying factor, the thing to push you over the edge? Were you really as invested in your calling? Or were you really as invested in serving God in the church, and I'm talking about church people basically gave up as well, as you purported to be. 
Secondly, and this always happens when we go through a difficult time, we, uh, sin is exposed in our lives. It's, it's, it's nice to be all smiley and warm and friendly and, and, and good-natured when things are going good, isn't it? You know, everything's going good and high five, praise God. But when things are going bad and you're experiencing pain, that's when the real you comes out. And uh, if, if there's ugliness in there, when you're going through pressure, it's, it's kind of, I remember one pastor using the uh, uh, illustration of, you know, the squeeze bottles with ketchup and mustard. He was at a, a, a reception for a wedding or funeral or something. They had one of those squeeze bottles. He picked up what he thought was mustard because it was yellow, and we squirted it out. It was ketchup. <laughs> I don't know if it ruined his sandwich or not. And, and the Lord spoke to him. He said, what comes out of you when I squeeze you? <laughs> is it something when we're squeezed or when we're shaken? Is what comes out of us what should come out of us as godly people? Or is all the violence and bitterness and anger and frustration of the world, does that come out? Shaking shows us really where we are to ourselves individually, but also to ourselves as the church. And I've seen a lot of ugliness in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ this past two years. And not just COVID, but politically and as well. But shaking also shows how strong we are. Amen? And may I say, our church, um, I, I'm, I'm very, very proud of our church and the way our church has responded. These were uncharted waters, uncharted territory, and people have just been so faithful. People were faithful to, when we were online, to visit online, to watch online. People were faithful to come back. Uh, not everyone has come back, but close to everyone has come back. We're, we're missing a few. Uh, not only have people come back, we've had new people come. Uh, we've not only paid all of our bills, but we've been able to do a lot of extra things through these past years. And I know a number of other churches have experienced very, very similar things. In fact, our numbers are not so much today, but our numbers are, in recent weeks have been pretty close, if not better, than our pre-COVID numbers. And that's a testimony and credit to the faith of and, and devotion of God's church. So when we go through shaking and we come out the other side and we're intact, that's something to be proud of and in a godly sense, in a humble sense. We should be proud of ourselves when we accomplish something. Amen? Amen. We give all glory. I'm not saying we don't give all the glory to God, but it should feel good. Hey, I got, God got me through that. I, made, I didn't think I could make it. I didn't think I could make it with God. <laughs> and I did anyway. So what do we have? A church that's ready to move forward. And I believe many other congregations as well, some have suffered, but some have grown in Jesus' name and will continue to do so because COVID, this is not, send, send me something Send me something that's challenging. I better be careful what I say. 
Hebrews 12 bears this out, 26 and 27. His voice, and this is a quote from the book of Haggai. His voice shook the earth then, but now he is promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. And let me tell you, through these two years and in the years to come, however, whatever season that we have, there are going to be things that um, will remain and uh, uh, things that God will be able to build upon in Jesus' name. Now, having said that, where we are, where are we at now? And, and this is will be the bulk of the um, uh, messages that going forward, or we'll talk, we'll explain more the messages of going forward. What is God saying to us today? And I, I, I think it's this. You know, we've we've had a couple of years where we've had to scramble around, had to kind of reorganize, had to re kind of think, doing things. One thing I've always noticed with God is that hard circumstances and and difficult issues never stopped God from calling people to do his will and his work. Not only did do situations and circumstances not stop God from calling people? It does not stop God from his expectation of them to fulfill that calling. Think of Moses in the Old Testament. He was at the lowest point of his life, a humble shepherd man, lacking any self-confidence whatsoever to lead. And uh, it was a fugitive and unwelcomed in the land of Egypt. And God said, I'm calling you to go to Pharaoh to tell him to let my people go. And God would not take no for an answer. Gideon, threshing wheat, and Gideon, during his time, as uh, before he became a judge in Israel, uh, the Israelites were under the, the oppression of, the, I believe, the Moabites, and the Moabites, their army was like the sand of the sea, couldn't be counted. And uh, they st- took everything from Israel. Outpowered, outmanned, everything. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, mighty man of valor, and calls him to lead Israel into a great victory against this immense, innumerable army. And God, I, could, I can just see Gideon saying, who, me? <laughs> now? God would not take no for an answer. And Gideon led a band of 300 men to overthrow that great, vast army. You look at the disciples, they were definitely not the cream of the crop. Yet God used them to establish the church in the world. Foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Even Jesus himself, of course, you know, Jesus is Jesus. But a humble boy born in a stable to very humble and simple parents with, with no type of influence 
in, in a world that was under the harsh control of the Roman Empire, rose up in the course, liberated mankind from sin, shame, and death. It's time for God's call is upon us now to move forward. Which means what? We need to move beyond our excuses and move forward in obedience. Because it would be easy for us to say, well, we got through another year, let's just huddle down for another year and just let's just wait until you know things pass over where we can start moving forward again. We must understand that as a church, our time of waiting is long enough. We need to be serious about two things, knowing Christ and making Christ known. Amen. And not allow the excuses of, there's too much going on, I can't concentrate, there's too, there's too many things and restrictions and roadblocks. Hey, we suffer hardly any roadblocks compared to most countries in the world as far as sharing Christ and doing work of the ministry. And do so, and I'll, I'll end with this this morning. We need to overcome two struggles if we're going to move forward. First, the struggle with despair. It's been hard on a lot of people this past year, these past two years. Hard because of what's been going on in the world and hard because of what's going on in our lives. And there have been a lot of personal tragedies. And it's easy for us to get swallowed up in despair. And despair leads to three things, fear, doubt, and anger, which will keep you from serving God as you should, from moving forward, being the man or woman of God that God wants you to be this coming year. Secondly, and I'm going to spend more time talking about this next week, we must avoid, because there is a severe seduction of the church going on, trying to get the church seduced away from the gospel message knowing Christ, making Christ known, and getting involved with the issues of the world. Instead of Christ being the centerpiece of our worship, of our ministry, of our lives, making COVID, instead of Christ being the center, you know, making the social issues that go on, we become the social church, where the church, you know, I hate abortion. I think abortion is the most evil, wicked, and cruel thing that mankind does. And for people to do it is bad, and, and for people to profit off it is worse. Yet, I stand before you now, we'll never become the abortion church, even though we'll preach against it, we'll pray against it. We're always going to be a church about Jesus. To a lesser extent, the, the economy, but we're also... You know, the, the enemy would love to seduce the church into becoming the political church, where, where church services are political rallies. And I've seen churches on both sides of the aisle. You go in there, there's very little about Jesus, but there's a lot about Republican, Democrat. That's not church. That's glorifying man. But let me tell you, no man or no woman or no legislative body or no, no court is going to bring the change to our country that needs to be changed and certainly will not bring revival. It's only the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can't get seduced into these things 
in the name of Jesus and move forward. We'll just be stuck in the muck and mire of the world. Not going forward. The Apostle Paul, although in prison, made a determination in his heart to move forward and encourage others to do likewise. Let us commit to move forward in Jesus and to be all about him. And, and let all the other stuff, I mean, we'll have to work around it. I'm not saying that we just ignore it. Obviously, there's some things that we're going to have to, some things we're just going to push through, but some things we're going to have to work around. I have to work around my illness until I get over this thing. But it's, it's not going to stop me, and it's not going to stop us from moving forward in Jesus. Let's stand and, and let's sing this morning. And folks online, thank you for joining us today. Let's sing a song in closing before we commit as a church to move forward in Jesus in 2022.